So uh, over these past 11 months, there's been a number of shortages, uh, right? We, we started out with a shortage on toilet paper. Remember that one? It's weird that that one came before the shortage of hand sanitizer and Lysol wipes, isn't it? But, but then all PPE was in short supply. But do you know what's never been in short supply this whole time? People to look down on. There has never been a shortage of contempt. Any conversation you have, if there's a lull, all you need to do to reinvigorate it is to bring up someone you know you both dislike. This is the one thing that unites us all as a nation. No matter what side you're on, you get to feel better about yourself by talking about the other. We might hate each other, but we love talking about each other. You know, there's just something about us that loves that feeling. It's an itch we love to scratch, and everyone knows it. The channels we watch want to keep us watching, so they keep scratching it, and it works. As a species, we just can't get enough. And this is nothing new. The quickest way to feel better about yourself is to feel better than someone else. Always has been. But it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be that way. You don't have to be that way. In fact, that's one of the biggest things that Jesus came here to show us. He, he taught it, but more than anything, he lived it. He modeled it. He, he built his ministry around it. Today, we're starting a new sermon series called Follow. And today, we're going to start by looking at one person in particular who Jesus called to follow him. And what that says about Jesus and what it says about all of his followers, including you and me. So, so let's take a look. We're going to look at Matthew 9, starting in verse 9. It says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, Jewish tax collectors were the undisputed scum of the earth at the time. We often hear them referred to as publicans, which loosely translates as tax farmer. The Romans imposed an income tax as well as a land tax on the Jews. Uh, a property tax was 10% of their grain and 20% of their wine and fruit. Beyond this, there were tolls on bridges, roads, gates, Boundaries between districts, import and export taxes, harbor taxes, town taxes, so many taxes. Sitting down tax, standing up tax, you get the picture. But to keep their costs lower, the Romans farmed out the tax collecting to the lowest bidder among whoever could get the job done. It was like one of the first multi-level marketing schemes. But instead of hearing about it from that girl you haven't talked to since high school, Jewish tax collectors collaborated with the foreigners who had conquered their homeland. And then they could subcontract out the collection of these taxes to others. I don't know if they all refer to themselves as business owners or not, but you get the gist. Imagine instead of just trying to sell you vitamin supplements until you block them, they could show up at your door and have you arrested if you didn't pay them. So, taxes were a constant reminder of Roman oppression and occupation, and those who collected them were much more than just looked down on. They were hated. You'd hate them too. So Jesus finds Matthew sitting in the Roman custom house on the highway of this port city, legally stealing from his own people. 
you know, he was, he was an outcast, a pariah. He, he had already started to call people to follow him at this point. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were already there with him. Others were following too, no doubt. They, they didn't know everything about Jesus yet. They were just happy to have been invited to follow a rabbi. They're seeing all of this in real time. Uh, they see a man they may have had history with. You know, Matthew may have collected tax from them before for someone they knew. You see, Matthew was, was a category of hated person. He was one of those subjects you could always fall back on to liven up a flagging conversation. Tax collectors, am I right? Don't get me started. Just looking at him, uh, Jesus' other followers got to get a boost to their ego. They got to scratch that itch of contempt. But then they watched Jesus, their rabbi, walk right up to this man. What's he going to say? And Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me. Not, how could you, but follow me. Not, you should be ashamed, but follow me. Not, you know, I'll pray for you, but follow me. Jesus also didn't tell him everything that it would mean for him first. He didn't put any conditions on this offer at all. Jesus didn't tell him, you know, if you're willing to quit this job, you can follow me. He didn't say, you can follow me, but know that I'm going to require lots of changes in your life if you do. He just said, follow me. And Matthew said, yes. You see, Jesus has been inviting people to follow him ever since. This was Jesus' invitation throughout the Gospels to, to women and men of every age, from all kinds of backgrounds, both the righteous and the unrighteous, those in the club and those who were rejected from it. It's a really simple invitation. And it's the best picture of what the spiritual life is all about. It's not about what you know or who you know other than Jesus. It's not about how often you go to church or how much you do when you're there or how much all the people there like you. It's not even about whether or not you identify as a Christian. So what's it all about? Well, the only question worth asking is this. Am I following? Right now, am I following Jesus? Not is anyone else, not am I better than anyone else, just am I following Jesus? Matthew was asked that question directly, and he said, yes. I don't think he promised to follow Jesus forever that day. He just said yes, and he did it that day. And it was a pretty big deal, too, as Jesus was an up-and-coming rabbi, so that, so that night there was a party. It goes on in Matthew, it says, And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Or maybe what they were really asking was, How come Jesus doesn't want to eat with us? We seem to have more in common with him than they do, and we're much better people than they are. But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 
Now, if Matthew and his friends heard this, they might have been the offended ones now. I mean, is he talking about us? But I don't think they were offended in the same way. You know, sometimes when someone points out something about us that we know is wrong, it hurts a little, but we're also so grateful that someone is willing to talk about it with us, right? You see, Matthew knew that something was wrong. He knew what people said about him, and he might have agreed. But, but once you start down the wrong path, sometimes you just keep going until something or someone stops you and gives you an alternative. We see this over and over again in the Gospels and in the world around us, that, that people who are not aware of their need for Jesus don't usually make a point of following him. Now, look at what Jesus says next. This is really, this is for us. 13, it says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. So who does Jesus call to follow him? Not the righteous. Sinners. Who does Jesus call to follow him? Not the people who I think they don't need to, but, but those who do. Who does Jesus call? People who miss the mark and know they missed it. People who know there's something wrong in the world and they play a part in that. And, and listen to this. Jesus doesn't call sinners just because he wants to fix them. Jesus calls sinners because he enjoys hanging out with them. He loves them. He loves you. The Pharisees were upset outside of that party because they wanted others to change first, and then maybe they would grant them the honor of their company. They play that game that so many of us are guilty of, who am I better than? Who's the worst? But what does Jesus show us about following him? Well, for one, he shows us that being a sinner does not disqualify you. In fact, it's a prerequisite. Jesus only invited sinners to follow him. He invited them before they got better and even before they committed to try to get better. Jesus invites people who know there's something wrong with themselves, with the world, but they aren't sure what to do about it. And that never changes. It's a day-by-day -day following. Now, for another thing, uh, this shows us that you don't have to believe in Jesus to follow Jesus. None of Jesus' earliest followers believed in him. We see that during this series and throughout the Gospels. Jesus was constantly calling out his disciples for their unbelief, but he never told them to get out because of it. It also shows us this. Jesus doesn't need you to do anything. He doesn't call you to follow him because he can't lift the couch by himself. The invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to relationship with him. In our scripture today, Jesus went home with Matthew and had a party well before he asked Matthew to make any changes in his life. Any changes he asked for were in the context of a real relationship. He does the same for us today. You can belong here long before you believe any of the things we believe. 
And you can doubt and question them after you come to believe, too. The last thing this shows us, and and this ties into where we started today. Following Jesus forces me to focus on where I am, not where you are not. Whether you find yourself feeling superior to someone else, if that happens, that's a good sign you're, you're not following Jesus in that moment. Now, that doesn't mean that when you follow Jesus, you think everything everyone does is wonderful. It doesn't. But it does mean you identify with others in our mutual status as sinners, knowing that there are things Jesus helped you with, too, and you sure hope he'll help others. There seems to be a shortage of Jesus followers like that today, but there doesn't need to be. Jesus is calling you right now, just like he did with Matthew. He says to you, follow me. You don't have to be sure. You just have to get up and try. That is all that any of us have to do. It's all we are invited to do. In fact, it's, it's what we, we get to do. So this week... Start your your day tomorrow. Start your, your day with this prayer. Lord, where you lead, I'll follow.